We all dream of seeing the world, but the realities of living somewhere outside your place of birth can be daunting to say the least. Welcome to the Expat Money Show, helping you make the most out of your overseas career through conversations with successful expats on investing, entrepreneurship, self-improvement, and continual education, all while sharpening your financial acumen. Now, please welcome your host with over 20 years of overseas experience, Mikkel Thorup. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Mikkel Thorpe, and this is the Expat Money Show. Today, what I want to do is republish an episode that I did last year. So recently, I had some new clients who came on, and they found out that I was on the Tom Woods Show. And they really liked the episode, and they commended on how great it was and what a good banter and interaction that Tom and I had. And I thought, you know what? if a lot of people from my audience didn't get a chance to listen to this episode, then that's a real shame. So what I wanted to do today with Tom Wood's blessing is to actually republish that episode on the Expat Money Show. So that's what we're going to do today. So this is a replay of my conversation with Tom Woods. If you guys don't know his program, I highly suggest you check it out. Tom is an amazing guy. I've had a chance to get to know him over the last year or so and really, really fantastic content he puts out and a big fan of his work. And on that note, I hope you guys enjoy today's episode. If you want to follow the rest of our work, go over to expatmoney.com. We've got tons of new content sitting there waiting for you. There is always workshops and webinars and new blog articles and newsletters and tons of things for you at expatmoney.com. Okay, let's get into the interview. Hey everybody, Tom Woods here. Very glad to be joined today by Mikkel Thorup, who runs the Expat Money Summit, an event that I think you'll find quite interesting. He has visited over 100 countries before the age of 40. He's a young pup, this guy, and has lived in nine countries. He's been an expat for over two decades, and he has an extraordinary amount of knowledge to share with you about the various international options you may have. So, Mikkel, welcome to the show. Thanks, Tom. I'm really happy to be here. Amazing audience, amazing program. So should be a good conversation. Oh, thank you so much. You and I have never spoken before, but I love what you're doing and it's very important. I've talked to a number of people about the subject of expatriation, you know, or second passports and that kind of thing as a kind of a backup, you know, level of security in case anything goes terribly wrong, just in case, you know, the off chance something should go terribly wrong. But I've been getting very, very discouraging responses to this that, you know, we, people who think the way you and I do, would love to think that there are some wonderful places you can go where you'll get better tax treatment, where you'll have an overall better experience with government and whatever else. And I'm just not hearing that from the people I'm talking to. And they're saying to me, look, there's just no getting around what's called the Foreign Account Tax Compliance Act or FATCA. There's no getting around that. So you're not going to get the kinds of advantages you might have gotten in the past through all these international means. So do you have a white pill optimistic <laughs> comeback to this pessimism? All right. Well, first of all, yes, there is no Shangri-La out there, perfect libertarian country in the world. It does not exist. But that's not to be said that we can't get more freedom in our lives by being overseas or by jurisdiction shopping. It's just that you're not going to find one place. So that's never what I talk about or encourage people to do is search for perfection. I'm looking for freedom wherever I can get it. 
So whether that be my banking in one jurisdiction and a company formation in another and a residency or passport in a third, I mean, together, it certainly moves the ball downfield and gets you a lot closer to freedom. But yes, absolutely. There's not one perfect place that exists anymore. Now, as for your question about FATCA, there are a few things that can be done, probably some of which your audience might not like, but one of them is renouncing U.S. citizenship, which actually happens a lot these days. You know, it used to be... Actually, before we get into these details, maybe can you just describe what this thing does such that you would need to take such extreme measures to keep it away from you? Yeah, okay. FATCAR and filing an FBAR is basically if you have an aggregate of more than 10,000 US dollars in a foreign account at any one time throughout a year, you're going to have to have extra filing requirements. And it actually doesn't go to the IRS, it goes to the Treasury. It doesn't mean that there's going to be any taxes on this. It just means that you need to let them know. So an example would be you have an offshore bank account or you have a brokerage account or a crypto account offshore, or any type of financial account, which is in a foreign country outside of the United States, then you're going to need to file that it exists. Once again, there's no taxes on it. It's just letting them know. It's just transparency. So a lot of times we talk about privacy and protection. There's privacy and protections from other citizens. Privacy and protections from the U.S. government is... Very, very difficult. If you're a U.S. citizen, you're going to be paying taxes on worldwide income. You're going to be filing everything. I mean, it's a really aggressive authority there, you could say. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. No, absolutely. All right. So make the case for why, and I'll I'll try and play devil's advocate the best I can here. (laughs) Keep it interesting. Sure. But why I, as an American, should be, let's just say, keeping my options open. That could be in the form of actually physically removing myself from the country. It could be looking at second passport possibilities, whatever. When whatever I might complain about in the U.S., it's worse somewhere else. It's, I mean, during COVID, it's true Sweden was better, but no one could have predicted that. (laughs) That's completely random that Sweden of all places would have been better. I suppose, what, Belarus was pretty good, but I'm not exactly packing my bags. So the U.S. was better, vastly better. Even though it was still terrible, it was vastly better. You had a Florida, you had a few places that were semi-normal. And the tax burden is, in a lot of major taxes, worse in most places. So for all our griping, maybe this is the best of a series of crappy alternatives. Why should I not want to stay in the best of a series of crappy alternatives? Sure. Let's break this down a little bit. Yes, Sweden was open. But Sweden is a tax hell. That's not a country that I help people move to or expatriate to. I specifically work in the offshore jurisdictions. So I'm looking at countries where there is either zero income tax or they follow what's called a territorial tax system, which really means you're being taxed on where the money is generated and not where you are. Now, from the U.S. side, you're still going to be paying taxes on your worldwide income, but there are some legitimate ways and programs from the IRS where you can reduce this substantially. The big one is called the Foreign Earned Income Exclusion, FEIE, and I encourage your listeners to go look it up. I mean, I'm not giving individual tax advice by any means, but go to the IRS website. And what's this going to allow is that you're going to be able to not pay taxes on your first $112,000, roughly $112,000 of earned income. Now, if you have a spouse, if you're married, it's a doubling effect. So now you're talking about the first 200 and call it $225,000 for ease of math. That's a substantial chunk of money. And if you live in a place 
like Panama, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Belize, where they're all territorial tax systems. You have no tax obligation to the country that you're living in. So from the tax front, that can be a huge difference. Now, Tom, correct me if I'm wrong, but you live in Florida, so you have no state tax, but you're still going to have federal tax there. This is actually getting rid of your federal tax. That's pretty amazing. So if you think about how much money you can plow back into your business, you know, taking vacations with your kids or just spending it on literally anything that you want instead of funding a government that maybe you don't agree with, I mean, that makes a lot of sense to a lot of people. As for lockdowns, there were a lot of other countries that were pretty open. I went to Brazil for six months during the middle of COVID, and we were in a small island called Florianopolis in the south of the country, and that was wide open. It was like COVID didn't exist there. It was amazing. Mexico had huge portions of the country that were open as well. I mean, Mexico City still has a lot of masking and stuff like that, but a lot of the smaller towns and and areas there was quite open. So there are little enclaves around the world where you were still able to escape a lot of these types of things. All right. I will give you, I'll give you pretty high (laughs) marks for that answer. That's a pretty good answer. Now, I know of, there's a way that you can get, you can kind of buy, in a way, citizenship in some places if you purchase property there of a certain amount. So for instance, there's an island nation of St. Lucia that I've been to a couple of times. And if you buy property there, it's got to be in excess of $300,000 US. If you buy that much property, you can apply to get citizenship there and you'll pretty much get it. And I'm not sure if it's the case that you only have to have 10% down on that property for that to go through. I don't know exactly what the rule is. But if I were to do something like that, how does that benefit me without actually moving to St. Lucia? How does it benefit me to get a second citizenship somewhere? Okay, I'll answer your question about benefits, absolutely. Just so you know, though, there's five countries in the Caribbean that will offer these. Usually the way it is done is through donation. Yes, there are real estate options, but they're usually a terrible deal. Oh, well, you have to think, Tom, this is a government-approved project. It has to be done, most cases, in some type of a resort or a hotel. And even if you are getting a condo, let's say that the price point is $400,000 because that's the one that most people go with. Then the donation amount is $150,000, okay? You donate, you put in $150,000, you buy the real estate, you get $400,000. You're going to get a citizenship on both ones. But on the secondary market, when you go to sell the property and you sell it to someone else, and it cannot be another, it's called CBI, Citizenship by Investment, what you're going to be able to get for that would probably be around $250,000. And that delta between those two numbers just magically happens to be exactly the amount of the donation. So now you have the opportunity cost where you're out of pocket for a lot more money. You have to sit on this real estate for a long time. The secondary market is going to be probably not great. And what you're going to get for it is a lot less. So in my opinion, you're better off just doing the donation. We take clients through this literally every week with the Caribbean. There's also some places in Europe and one in the South Pacific where you can get this. Now, as for benefits, there's a lot of benefits. So yes, you can reside in the country, which means you have the legal right to live and work in that country, which is fantastic. But more than that, you become a citizen. And with a citizenship, you get the travel document, the passport. And a passport is an agreement 
It's the physical agreement between two countries, between two nations. So St. Lucia, St. Keats, Dominica, Granada, all these countries in the Caribbean, they've gone out there and they have diplomatic relationships with other countries. Now, if you can enter Europe on your you know, Granadan citizenship or your St. Lucia citizenship, then that's fantastic. We have no idea what's going to happen with the U.S.'s relation to other countries. You know, if we look during COVID, the U.S. from, you know, it's not the best passport in the world, but U.S. passport's pretty good. Mm. You know, before COVID, you had access to most countries in the world or the countries you would want to go to. During COVID, most countries closed their border to the U.S. So if you were from the United States, there was no way you were getting into Europe. There was no way that you were getting into Central American or Asian countries. But with one of these other passports, possibly you can go in. So that would be a real-life example of how you would have more freedom by having another passport. Another thing would be if they decide that they don't want to renew your U.S. citizenship. They decide, you know what? We're not issuing U.S. passports anymore. They're going to expire and that's it. Or maybe there's massive delays. Or maybe you travel a lot and you need to send away your passport for business. Maybe something happens to it. We've seen huge delays in the processing time. I'm Canadian and the processing times for Canadian passports is several months back in Canada right now. So if your passport is set to expire, you have to submit your old passport. Now you have no passport. You can't leave the country. You can't go anywhere else. And if it's just a vacation, that's one thing. But if it's life or death, if you don't like what's happening, if it's the freedom convoy and they're blocking bank accounts because you sent over $5 to a GoFundMe account, I mean, having a second passport really makes a lot of sense. This is your ability to leave the country and go somewhere safer. If you are looking for an excellent privacy phone, then I encourage you to check out riseabovephone.com. These are completely de-googled phones that can't track or spy on you. To fight back against what is happening in the world, we need to take back our privacy. And the best place to start is at riseabovephone.com. Expat Money listeners can get $50 off on any of their phone models by using coupon code expatprivacy. Go to riseabovephone.com and use coupon code expatprivacy for $50 off of your purchase. That's riseabovephone.com. I'm convinced about that, but I can imagine some people saying the options that we're describing seem to be within the means only of people who are themselves of means. And what kind of protection can I give myself if I'm an ordinary American who, you know, doesn't have that kind of money lying around? Yeah, that's a good question. So yes, we're discussing citizenship by investment. This is a investment in the country and in return, you get the citizenship and, and the passport. But that is only one way that you're going to be able to get citizenship. There's many other ways. So for example, if you have ancestry, if your family is from Ireland or Poland or Italy or many countries in Europe, then you should be able to claim citizenship by ancestry. So if your parents or your grandparents, or in some cases, your great-grandparents, you might be able to get this. And these are really strong travel documents. But let's say that you don't have any family there. Like for example, my family's originally from Denmark. I'm born and raised in Canada, but my family's from Denmark. Denmark does not allow citizenship by ancestry. So I'm kind of, you know, out of luck on that one. But there's other programs in the world called naturalization. And what this means is really you get a residency permit. So you have 
a visa to live and work in the country. Think of you know a green card, which I think most people would be familiar with. But if you live in that country for long enough, you can actually naturalize. You can become a natural citizen of that country. Now, this can take you know, three years, five years, seven years, 20 years, like in the case of Switzerland. All countries are going to have their own laws that surround this. Now, there's a lot to break down, and certainly outside of the scope of this conversation, but it's something that I help people with, is proper planning for all of these types of things. So those are a couple of other ways that people can still get the benefits of having a second citizenship or a second residency, but maybe not forking out hundreds of thousands of dollars. You're putting on an event. It's a virtual event? Yep. We're doing the Expat Summit. If you guys go to expatmoneysummit.com, you'll find out more information. But we're talking about a lot of these types of things. We're talking about the residencies, the citizenships, the real estate, all of the immigration, the tax issues. We've got some amazing lawyers and accountants who are speaking. I'm speaking there. And then, you know, you have to understand, Tom, that really what I do is the practical side of libertarianism. You know, I'm a very outspoken, hardcore libertarian myself and have been for decades now, but I don't focus my work on the theory. I really focus just on the practical side, like how do we have more freedom in our life? And that's what this summit is really, really all about. But speaking about freedom, we've got Ron Paul, who will be speaking. We've got Doug Casey. We have a lot of other people that probably your audience would really, really know and resonate with. And they'll be talking about how they found freedom in their own lives. So who are the kind of people we would see presenting in an event like this? Yeah, so we're going to have people like I mentioned, Ron Paul and Doug Casey, who will be speaking about freedom. But a lot of the other people that will be there will be the lawyers that I work with. So for right. example... So in other words, a lot of people whose names might not be familiar to correct, us, but the information yes, yes. is very important. Exactly, exactly. Like if I were to tell you the name of the Colombian lawyer that I work with who helps do the immigration process, you would not know his name. But the information in there is fantastic. And we're featuring pretty much the teams from probably a dozen different countries, I want to say, maybe a little bit more, but really a lot in Latin America, some of the really good places in Europe that are still available. Not so much, you know, for Africa or for Southeast Asia, they've really not shown themselves to be very free countries over the last while. But, you know, the lawyers, the accountants, the developers from Mexico, Costa Rica, Nicaragua, Belize, Panama, yeah, Colombia, Brazil, Ecuador, the Caribbean countries, Portugal, Italy, lots of lots of different places. So it's really, you know, wherever you have a dream of living, there'll be something going on about that. And I mean, we didn't really talk about that, but I mean, to get into this type of stuff, you know, it kind of helps to be interested in travel and exploring the world and be very open-minded. For me, that is a massive benefit in its own. Like I, I think that this is the greatest lifestyle ever. I've been traveling for 22 years straight and I've been to over 100 countries and lived in nine of them. Like, I think this is the most amazing thing that you can do with your life. And even if it's just a little bit, but going out there and exploring and seeing the world and searching for freedom is, is so much fun. It's fantastic. I love it. I'm going to ask you a personal question if you don't mind. How old are you? I, <laughs> I'm 39 years old. Holy cow. So you've been doing this since you were rather a young fellow. Yep. I'm completely self-taught. I'm a... I call myself a polyglot 
autodidact. So we didn't get into this interview, but if you guys hear me on other programs, I dropped out of school when I was 12 years old. So I'm completely self-taught. And I started traveling around the world and figuring all this stuff out myself. And I've worked with mentors and been doing this forever. So probably not many people on planet Earth have done it to this level, you would say. And I don't mean to say that in a boisterous way at all. It's just kind of a a fact, you know? So after having lived in nine countries and seeing, you know, nine different ways of doing things and nine different cultures, what kind of insights do experiences like that give you? Well, it's very difficult to be able to separate, you know, Mikkel without travel or Mikkel without expat lifestyle. You know, it's really shaped who I am as a human being. There's nothing that is without that. But I mean, not only from the business side and and who I am, but I mean, from the personal side as well. Like, you know, as I said, I'm Canadian with Danish heritage. My wife is from mainland China. I met her in Germany. Our daughter was born in the Middle East in Abu Dhabi and our son was born in Brazil. And I'm in Panama right now. We have a home in Panama. So really having an international view of everything in your life and looking at things through different perspectives and trying to understand the world from different people's points of view, I think is really valuable. And you know, one of the biggest blessings in my life from this travel is to really have a firm grasp on things and see things from you know, a point of view that we are not maybe, we're maybe not presented in North America, if that makes sense. All right, how about this kind of question? Suppose you're, you're a person of ordinary means and you're just very bearish on the U.S. Now, I'm kind of, in, I was very bullish on the U.S. up till recently. And I, I would say right now I'm kind of in the middle because I can see arguments for both sides on that. But let's say you're kind of bearish on the U.S. If I talk to somebody like Doug Casey, he will say, if you go to a lot of parts of Africa, you can do very, very well. You can make connections very quickly and you can do very well. But the thing is, a lot of people don't want to move to Africa. It's going to be hard for them to visit family and friends. They're going to have to cut a lot of ties. Same things for remote parts of Asia. So more realistically, are there particular places you would recommend somebody look into? And if so, why those places? Yeah, I know Doug very well. I literally talk to him on a weekly basis. He's a great guy and an amazing mind. And we've traveled to a lot of the same places and I've spent a lot of time with him and I respect his opinion very much. I don't think that what he describes in that situation is going to work for most people. I really focus more on what I would call expat hotspots. You know, a place where you're going to find other foreigners, not just people from your home country, but people from all over the world, really an international community. So before I mentioned I was in Abu Dhabi, that's where my daughter was born. We actually lived there for eight years. Well, this is a fantastic place. Abu Dhabi, Dubai, these types of places in the Middle East. They're very, very safe, very, very secure. There's no income tax. And you will spend time and interact with people from every corner of planet Earth. I lived in Singapore for a year. Same thing in Singapore. Currently, I'm in Panama City. There are so many expats here in Panama City. It's amazing. I mean, we're doing a little event for a couple of my clients, actually not a couple, for my clients next Friday, just private clients. We did the guest list. It's like 40 people. And I was laughing. I'm like, those are just my private clients who have moved to Panama City. And when you move to a new destination that has a real 
expat-centric place. There are reasons for that. It doesn't just happen randomly. You know, mm. okay, there's, yes, good taxes and high quality of living, good medical facilities, you know, fresh organic fruits and vegetables. Your insurance prices are going to be, you know, drastically less than what you would be paying in the U.S. You're going to find lots of friends. Panama is a Spanish-speaking place, but even Spanish is quite easy to learn, at least enough to get by. I'm not sending people to, I don't know, to Zimbabwe or something like this or Botswana or I don't know. I've like, those aren't the types of places that I work in. Those are types of places I'm happy to travel to and have fun and experience, but not where I would really want to live as an expat. Listening to this conversation, some people might feel like it's information overload. We've only been talking for 25 minutes and that they may think that if they really started to investigate this, it would be, you know, like the proverbial fire hose of information <laughs> coming at them. So they may not know, how do I really begin to research this? Or what would be the first steps? What is the first thing I'm supposed to do? Like, what are the first few things? So how do you advise them? I mean, I presume there'll be content at your summit that's geared toward the absolute beginner. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, we have a podcast of our own, The Expat Money Show. If you guys go, you know, basically anywhere that popular podcasts are found, you're going to find that. We've been doing it for six years now, so 200 some odd episodes. And we have the website, Expat Money, with tons and tons of blog articles. But really, the best place for people to start is if you guys want to join us at the summit. It's completely free. There's no cost to attend. It's an online summit. So it's happening from November 7th to 11th. You just need to go and register your seat right now because I might actually... I'm not sure, but I'm thinking I might take away the free ticket option as we get closer to the event. So really, the free ticket's going to be available to people who get in early. But we're going to be showing lots of content right from beginners all the way to super, super advanced. So you're going to be able to pick and choose what it is that speaks to you or is of interest to you. So it's five days and they're full days. So, you know, watch as much as you can. And it's going to be like a giant masterclass or, or a PhD in this stuff. Because what we've talked about, Tom, today has barely even scratched the surface on this. And this is why people engage my services as a consultant or as an advisor. I work with people throughout a 12-month period to take them offshore and we deal with their tax issues, their structuring issues, the immigration, the citizenship, the investments, everything. And I walk them through all of it. That's a very expensive service and certainly not for everybody. But the beginner people, the beginner stuff, come to the summit at expatmoneysummit.com. Grab a free ticket. And you know, hopefully this is your introduction to all of these things and you learn a lot. And if it's for you, amazing. And if it's not, then it hasn't cost you anything to learn about it. Can I just ask in parentheses a question that I personally am, am interested in before I let you go? Sure. Obviously, there's a large expat community in Dubai. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering is what exactly, I'm sure I'm supposed to know the reason, but Dubai has the feel of being somewhat like just westernized enough for people who don't want to live more exotically to still feel at home, but yet has that exotic flavor to it and has other attractions as well. But what is it in particular that draws people to that place in particular? There are a couple of things. First and foremost, you can expect the salary that you would receive there if you were moving over to be an expat for a job to be basically double to 
four times what you would earn in your home country. So that's a big driver for most people. Now, when you add on to that, that there's a legal way to eliminate your tax bill through what we talked about before, even if you're an American citizen, but even if you're not an American citizen, actually, it's probably easier to get rid of your taxes. And there's no taxes at the moment in the UAE and the United Arab Emirates. You know, those are two big reasons. Other things you might want to think about is that it's very, very safe. It's one of the safest countries in the world. Basically, petty crime and violent crime is non-existent there. I would say it is pretty exotic. I mean, you have people from every corner of the earth there. So you're going to meet lots of friends and lots of different food and different culture and everything from everywhere. So I think that's great. But another one is that it's a hub. So you have three main airlines there. You have Etihad in Abu Dhabi, which goes to a ton of destinations. You have Emirates, which is one of the biggest and best airlines in the world. And then you have Fly Dubai. I bet you if you added up those three airlines, that would literally take you to every country on planet Earth. So it's a massive hub where you can explore the rest of the world and really that region. So you know, if you try to go from New York to, I don't know, Australia or Europe or Southeast Asia, it's going to take you forever. But from the UAE, you're kind of in the center of planet Earth. I love hub destinations. You know, we're doing our citizenship by investment in Turkey right now, and we're going another home there. It's another hub. Panama is a hub. Singapore is a hub. Abu Dhabi, Dubai are a hub. So I like all of those reasons for choosing these types of countries, if that makes sense. Yeah, boy, thank you very much. Now I do get it. Give us the link and tell us one more time about accessing the summit and when exactly it's taking place. So if you guys go to expatmoneysummit.com, just put that in your URL, then you will see on there a big orange button in the center. It says, get a ticket. You put in your, I think it's your name and your email address. There's three levels of tickets. If you want the free one, great. If you want a VIP, there's a ton of bonuses, but it's not necessary if you don't want it. Up to you. Then you confirm your ticket. You're going to get a confirmation email with that. The summit is from November 7th to 11th. You'll be able to see the speaker itinerary, who's going to be on there, what they're going to be speaking about, what their background is and why they're qualified to speak on these things. And yeah, it's certainly a mix of speakers. So you're not going to know every person's name on there, but I know every person's name on there. Most of them are very good friends of mine. I've done a lot of business with these people and I work with them on a regular basis. So really trustworthy, really fantastic, knowledgeable people. And yeah, I would love to help your audience, Tom. And if they're interested, then they can grab a ticket and it should be a lot of fun. It's going to be really good. All I can say is my listeners are at a point where they've never been more interested in their lives. Like, you know, five years ago, just to sound cool in libertarian circles, they might have said, yeah, I'm thinking about maybe I might pursue this option or that option. But at the end of the day, we came back to our comfortable beds and just went, went to sleep. But now people are thinking, good heavens, I can't rule anything out. I really can't rule out legitimate options that I might have. So expatmoneysummit.com. I'll also have the link on the show notes page, tomwoods.com slash 2183. Well, best of luck with this, Mikkel, and thanks for your time today. Thanks so much, Tom. Appreciate it. If you are looking for an excellent privacy phone, then I encourage you to check out riseabovephone.com. These are completely de-googled phones that can't track or spy on you. To fight back against what is happening in the world, we need to take back our privacy. And the best place to start is at riseabovephone.com. 
Expat Money listeners can get $50 off on any of their phone models by using coupon code expatprivacy. Go to riseabovephone.com and use coupon code expatprivacy for $50 off of your purchase. That's riseabovephone.com. This episode may be over, but your journey to greatness continues by visiting our webpage and signing up for our newsletter. For convenient access to new episodes, show notes, and other crucial resources, visit expatmoneyshow.com. We look forward to you joining us on the next episode of the Expat Money Show. Safe travels.